to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to He Who Dares. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And today is Friday, November 18th in the year 2022. It's always nice to arrive at Friday. Kind of gives us a chance to relax, stretch, and Imagine that we actually made it through another week of the biggest clown show in the universe and we're still breathing. And the better part is we get to look forward to even more crazy the next week. (laughs) It just never stops, but such is the world we live in. Patriots, it is an important time though, very seriously to be very aware of what this government is doing and they aren't doing good things. And the world government has no good things in mind for you or I as well. And as part of our responsibility, especially since everything we receive is a gift from God in one way or another to steward, when it comes to our wealth, we have to steward it well. That's why we have Birch Gold. Patriots, we are living through a time when inflation is continuing to plague our economy, our families, and our savings. And the irresponsible spending of the left just continues to exacerbate the problem. This year, we witnessed almost every kind of negative economic record, from empty grocery store shelves to 40-year high inflation. Don't let your savings wither away. Hedge against inflation with gold from Birch Gold. Text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 for your free info kit on diversifying into gold. Plus, when you do it this month, by Black Friday, get a free gold bar with every purchase that you make by December 22nd. With almost 20 years experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals IRAs, Birch Gold can help you. Don't allow the left to devalue your savings. Text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 and claim your free info kit from Birch Gold. Again, you can own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account, and Birch Gold will help you do it. Once again, text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold and ensure your eligibility for a free gold bar with every purchase. Secure your future with gold. Do it today. Remember, text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898. Patriots, that's Bards, texting Bards, B-A-R-D-S to 989898. And there's all sorts of great deals going on, especially as you get ready to shop on Plague Friday. I want some, I'm sorry, that's Black Friday. I don't know who does that. Who, who enjoys going? It's not me. I'm going to tell you right now. Going to the store when you have all these other people going there with the same intent in mind to try to grab hold of something cheap, and they only know there's a limited supply, so it's like you go in armed for a fight. I'll tell you, Plague Friday. 
That's officially renamed as of now here on Bards Nation. Hey, before I continue, another big thing today, and it is a big event because it's been long overdue, is the official Bards Nation newsletter, Bards FM newsletter, was launched today. So if you didn't see it in your email box, make sure and check spam. Almost universally, everybody's been finding it uh, in spam. And I'm very proud to say that it's been flagged in spam as potentially dangerous. So yes, <laughs> it is potentially dangerous because we are potentially dangerous since we are not uh, good for the cabal. So check it out. It's, I'm real happy. It's a, it's this is the beginning of what is to be something very significant. It will also give us another communication way to everybody. Uh, the mailing went out almost flawlessly today, as far as I can tell. We had a few people not get a copy. That should is that should have already been corrected. Um, if those people contacted me, but make sure and head on over to the website and sign up. There is a place to sign up there and that's not hard to find and I'll make sure that if it's not uh if we don't have a sign up pop up I'll make sure that uh, our our great web guy puts one there for everybody to find an easy way to sign up as you go over so anyway Bard's newsletter is now officially launched I'm very happy about that and we've got it also we've updated the website a little bit a lot of more updates coming by the way but we have updated the website for the moment and we'll continue to see how this goes and lots of things coming here in the next weeks and months and yes i just did check it as we're talking if you go to the website front page give it a few seconds you'll see the get the bards newsletter pop-up occur right before you and you can subscribe and we'll continue with those down the way Pedro, it's been a kind of an interesting week and i'm not going to get we've had some pretty good conversations some intense conversations some very, uh, a lot of things to reflect on. But I think we have to get pretty honest as we look at our world and realize that in this insanity, we're not going to fix this thing through the normal mechanisms that we have grown up believing that would repair the system. We're seeing a lot of gaming going on right now. All over the news is the issue of the Hunter Biden laptop, the investigations that are going to ensue. You have all over the news today the the idea that they're going to try to impeach Joe Biden. This is, um, and then you have the DOJ launching its investigation into January 6th with President Trump after he denied going to the January 6th hearing, which then would have launched a subpoena to have an arrest warrant for him. But he ran, he announced his candidacy this last week, which I don't think is any accident which has stayed his ability to be arrested, among other things, but that's an important component that no one's really talking about. And so today is a retaliatory to that and the investigation to in the Hunter Biden laptop. You've got this nonsense coming out of DOJ and Garland that they're hiring a guy to come in uh, and investigate Trump, who was a war crimes uh, in, attorney for The Hague. Now, a lot of what's... What is happening right now is people are kind of staying locked in to this pendulum swing of drama. And in so doing, they're starting to invent stories. You know, you've got people literally, I mean, I've seen it already. Uh, get your popcorn ready. Get your popcorn ready. This is going to be great. I'm, I, I guess at, my, at this point, I'm getting 
more than a little bit worn out of the ridiculous. For all of President Trump's successes and faults, and he has both because he's human, I just kind of wanted to have to be start tonight with just kind of a let's get some real on the subject here of President Trump. And one of those things is that he is going through a lot. I don't care how cool it may seem on the outside. What he's going through right now is very real as a human being and as a person that is now facing literally an attack by the state to come at him with the full resources of the state, with the intent, when you put up an attorney who is a war crimes attorney, they have intention of trying him for treason and seeking the death penalty. Don't kid yourself. That's the game we're in. There's no question that we're sitting at a fight between elites. This is a very powerful world of gameplay and consequence. And this is where... The American public, when he spoke the other night and he said, he made the comment that the American public is waking up, but they they still don't have a grasp to a large degree. Many of them don't have a grasp of what's coming at them. I'm paraphrasing a bit and how bad it's going to get. And he said, I'm, I'm afraid it's going to get very bad. And I, and I'm going to tell you it is, it's going to get very bad. And so it's fun for the Patriots online and those that are doing it to talk about popcorn and and so forth, but the real there's some real consequences coming in here that are going to take some real tolls. And President Trump is in a place right now where he's put himself out there in a way to draw fire. And you do that when you, it doesn't matter where he is with a relationship to anything other than he's at war with the DOJ and this Democrat-run cabal, this tyranny that's out there, and there is a good cop, bad cop going on. And it is a war between elites that is, at the end, not we don't have a seat at that table. And I think this is where we have to get very honest. But as a human being, I wanted to point out a couple of things. For whatever has gone on in the last three years, and there's been a lot that has happened in the last three and four years that include President Trump in many levels, the one thing that no one can ever take away from him or from us is the fact that once that man came on scene in 2015, he shook up the world in a great way. I was looking back at some old footage today of just reflecting on the energy and the excitement and the the enthusiasm of the election of 2016. And equally, if you don't remember what it was like sitting there watching as they were telling us Hillary was going to lose on the evening of that election in 2016, and I stayed up all night, and I had been down in, actually had been down in Georgia 24 hours earlier, and I drove all the way through the night to get back to Philadelphia, where I was living at the time, to vote and to be like the only conservative voting in a liberal precinct. Maybe a bit of an exaggeration, but nonetheless. And then to sit there and watch the results come in that night and go all the way through that night and see something incredible happen. We've learned a lot since then. But where we were right then is we were an unaware, very depressed, disconnected movement of people. Call yourself whatever you want, MAGA, Make America First, 
The fact is that the backbone of America, patriots, was discon- is totally disconnected and beat down. And I had seen it so up and close over the, la- the months leading up to that election in 2016 where I told you we were literally driving from town to town and doing these little tiny rallies. And we were seeing the consequence. And it was such an eye-opener for me to, to see middle America so destroyed by the ravages of globalization and the export of jobs. And there was more to it than that. And you could see it because there were consequences that I still don't know exactly what, we, what they have done to the population. But just the concentrations of people with emotional and physical problems was unbelievable. Some of that is by consequence of bad economy. Some of that is drugs. Some of that is stuff that I don't even know. If I don't, and I mean what I'm going to say. I don't know if it's stuff they put in the water. I don't know if it's the injections that people got over time. But there was damage, and it was damage to a great group of people, which were the core of America. I, I met so many people that were deemed as crazy, and they trusted us because we would just listen to them. And they were talking about these wild and crazy notions, the tin hat ideas that that cell towers like might affect our the way we think, and, and chemtrails were actually poisoning the environment and were making us sick. They had these crazy ideas, in, and, and this is 2015 and how way out there they were in 2016. They had these crazy notions that vaccines were actually causing autism. And they had these wild ideas that the government was actually using, targeting people for torture and, and experimentation using frequency weapons. You see, right back then, we were still discounting a lot of our own and they had no voice. They had no one to stand for them. We're in a place, we, we arrive at 2016, and the Hillary camp had rented a massive facility. And we're celebrating, hugely celebrating that they were going to win. They had it down. We still don't know exactly who was there by choice and excitement and who was there because they were getting paid, but I guarantee it was a mix of both because we've learned more about the Democrat machine now. For that matter, just the political machine. But Trump was on this other side. He was, I don't know, 13 blocks away or something, and it was a pretty somber environment. People were watching, and there was little hope. 15% chance is what they told that it was going to take for him to win, that all, all he had to win. And we sat there and we dared to stay. We dared to hold on. We dared to believe. And as a nation, we came together. And as a nation, we went through an entire night and watched the impossible happen. We know that there was now, we understand that there was a war going on that we didn't even see. And I say that even for myself because I was pretty in tune with a lot of the things that were going on by virtue of where I had worked and, and the sorts of people I was in circles with. But things were very bad and worse than most Americans understand. There was a moment leading up to the final election that I got a call that one of the 
very important messages was put out through the network, network meaning the Special Operations Network. And they said, did you get the message? And I knew what general had sent it, and I knew exactly what it, what it was when they told me. And they said, the word is now, prepare to go to ground. See, that means that we were preparing, we were to prepare our go bags, our kits, and to go dark and to go into the communities and disappear and prepare to build a guerrilla war to fight back. That's how bad things were leading up to the election in 2016. So this idea that you've been told, and a lot of people don't realize that, you know, America was possibly going to go to a civil war and there was going to be a military coup, all of that is true. It's very true. And so we were at a point in the nation when people, the conservative movement, the patriot movement, the MAGA movement, it seemingly came out of nowhere. It was always there, but the media had done such an amazing job of dividing us and destroying us. The churches has sold their soul to the 501c3s, the politicians to the lines of profit, the education institutions to the belief in communism and socialist indoctrination. All of these things that surrounded us so much and we didn't realize how powerful we were, but we chose to dare, to dare to believe in one man. Granted, that worship got to be perhaps too big, but it was President Trump that rallied this nation to its feet. So for wherever we are right now, we have to go back there first to acknowledge truth. And that truth is that what he delivered to us as a nation of Americans was an understanding that we were bigger and greater than we were, than we realized we were. And he did it in his rallies. He did it by being vicious with the media. He reminded us, showed us, demonstrated to us how dirty the media was, far greater than we ever imagined. He forced the media to show the crowds even though they refused. We saw the startups of alternate media really take hold. Right side media broadcasting came out of nowhere and started to do this and, and broadcast and showing us the crowds. And we began to see these massive crowds and we're like, wow, this is incredible. There's, there, and we started to embrace and realize and he was drawing the massive crowds. And with that, however you want to frame that, those things don't just happen. I mean, there was no question that God was using him. You can call that an anointment or you can just say that God was using him, but it was there that was happening. And even near the end of that time in the 2016, we started to see amazing things happen, like people breaking out and singing hymns. And I remember a couple of those rallies where people just broke out and started singing hymns. We really saw incredible things happen, and we saw the hatred, even in the GOP, of how much they had for him. A lot has happened since that night, and since then, <clears throat> then the country has gone through an enormous amount of pain. We've suffered huge pain in, in ways that um, it's broken hearts, it's left people sick and dying, and we've grown up. And as a nation, we grew up. And we've grown up more than we've realized. 
And I think this is where we now have to step back and ask ourselves some hard questions. See, then we were kids, teens, excited and energized by this amazing rally that we were rallying that we were experiencing. We had the expectations that this figure was going to fix things for us like a young child looks to their parents and says, will you fix it for me? And in fairness, he did as much as a man could do, but there comes a point when you can't do much more and you also have to be honest about the decisions you have to make for the protection of your own family. I don't know what those decisions were. I know that there was changes. I know that by the time we got to COVID and the spring of 2020, he tried to tell us that HCQ was good. He tried to tell us that there were alternative cures like light therapy for blood and and other things that you could take like chlorine dioxide. He had the head of science and technology for DHS to come in. And we didn't listen as a nation. I didn't say individually, you or I, but as a nation, we didn't listen. The media said the masks and the media said the vax. And that's what a large portion of the nation wanted, including a big chunk of MAGA and those folks over there claiming to be the heroes of the day, the quiet army of Q. They also fell to the fear and succumbed to the vax nonsense. And man, we switched gears. We saw a new rise of a patriot, a new rise of a patriot class that went aggressively. We called out to the president to not do it. And we were right, but at the same time, there weren't a lot of choices if he was going to have a chance of getting the vote. And I've said this all along. I can stand with him on this vax thing all the way to January 20th of 2021. Because the American public demanded it. They didn't just want it. They demanded it. And there was no way to do anything other than what they said. And I don't know that you'd have any control. I know that you don't have any control when you deal with these sorts of evils that lurk in the powers of the halls of the nation. From January 6th and onward to January 20th, we really didn't see much leadership, and we really haven't in a nation seen any leadership since. We've been disappointed heavily over the last couple of years, almost three. We looked to President Trump to do things, and he didn't, and we've there's a lot of well-deserved and well-earned judgment there. But at the same time, something else happened. And it was us. We grew up. We did take charge. We did seek God. We did turn our eyes towards the Father and not towards the idol. We did stand. In our communities, we did organize and have continued to. We, in spite of the fears, we confronted this evil and we learned the power of the Holy Spirit and we continue to. We dug in, we planted gardens, we started home churches. Bards Nation has planted, if we did the actual survey, it's going to be in the thousands of gardens that were started in this network alone. We mobilized to go after school boards. We ran for office locally. We got with our sheriffs and we're still doing it. We prayed like crazy, still do. 
And we learned the strength of what we had, and we realized we didn't need them. Not like we thought we did. So we come to this week, and we waited for the speech that was going to change our lives, supposedly, we were told. The greatest moment in American history. And to a large degree, that speech fell flat. And that speech fell flat and we got mad. All of us have been disappointed. And that's right there where the fault begins. We are the people of America, not Donald Trump. It has always been us, not Donald Trump. And I've gone through this speech a lot of different ways. And I'd say that the one bottom line criticism I have of that speech is there wasn't a single mention of God. But we'll get to that in a minute. But you see, over the last years, as one man dared, a nation dared to follow. And as we dared to follow, and we got to the point when that one man was removed, we kept moving. At least a good chunk of us. We kept doing it. And we kept speaking truth. And sometimes those truths were hard. But you know, truth is... Speaking truth is living in love. And when you speak truth and it's uncomfortable, that's just tough love. It doesn't change our respect. I don't know all the ins and outs of the elites. I don't know where President Trump sits with the elites. And this conversation isn't about those sorts of things because there's another impact that we're not recognizing, which is the impact of how it empowered us having him as president. And we see it now because we wouldn't be where we are today had it not been that way. Our government is so corrupt and so rancid, you're not going to fix it with a vote. They'll tell you you will. It's a lie. But I'm not sure the elites want to risk that idea that the people will truly take charge. They never liked it before. There's no reason for them to like it now. And that includes President Trump. I don't know him to speak for him. I'm just saying it's something that has to be framed in truth. Because when you start getting into that space, you start risking everything you have. He's risked a lot. I don't know how far that risk he's willing to take. And I'm not asking him to or even to find it. I'm just putting it out there to consider. But we have to be realistic where we are now because we have grown immensely in this nation. And I'm going to speak candidly because I get this feedback and I just had more feedback on it last night. This community in Bard's Nation, you have grown, we have grown greater than perhaps we even realize. We're awake, we're aware, we're just, we're discerning. I watch conversations that are happening in our the family room on Telegram. I watch it on chat. I hear the emails that come in. The change that has happened over the last three years is stunning. There's a maturing of the mind, a willingness to identify and question. There's a courage. There's a strength. There's a truth. And that makes it difficult then when you're dealing with 
the person that you thought will remember how it was when in fact we've changed and probably we've changed more than President Trump, at least as much. And probably more. And that kind of takes us to where this speech was because it doesn't, it's not missed upon me that there was no mention of God in what should be the, was touted to be one of the greatest speeches in our history. One could walk down a pretty dark path to suggest that was intentional. I don't think it was. I've looked at this, I've prayed on this, I've reflected on this. And I had a good conversation with Pastor Brad Cummings the other night. And this is generally the consensus we came to. That blessing that God gave President Trump is now gone. We saw the man as the man was and is without, to use the term carefully, the anointment of the Father over him. You don't draw crowds of 80,000 and crowds of 60,000 every single time without the Holy Spirit being there. And if you doubt doubt that, try it sometime, because I have. And it doesn't just happen. And even if you work hard at it, it still doesn't just happen. But we saw something else there. And the problem is that President Trump is surrounded around lousy advisors. And his spiritual advisement team is pretty much on par with wearing a dirty diaper to church. It's about that comfortable and about that useful. There's, there's so much self-absorption around the people that are around him that want to be identified as working for Trump or being recognized, being near the president. That self-absorption has denied him the necessity of having good counsel. By wise counsel, we wage war. And that comes back to us. Because in fairness, even our prayers for the last five, six years have too often been about President Trump fixing the country for us or fixing something for us or doing something for us. They weren't for President Trump to be empowered, to stand boldly, to lead his people, to be in within the body of Christ. And right now, from what I'm hearing from very good sources, he is seeking advice spiritually and he's not getting it. And that's too, too bad. In fact, one of his lead spiritual advisors, from everything I can tell, has more interest in being the broker of power than actually being his advisor. And sadly, he trusts her. That's not really on him at that point. That's just on, that's on the person that's supposed to be doing their job that is failing. We have a responsibility here on a number of ways going forward. One, as I see it, we definitely have to keep our prayers up for President Trump. Two, as I see it, we should all be writing letters and mailing them to express how we feel, where we think he should be, and praying for him. We need to be speaking truth, both in the word and truth to 
what we want for him. That's part of our responsibility as those who walk in Christ and who are patriots in this country. That means you can criticize, but we're doing it with the respect of criticizing because we know what's right. And it's not as judgment or to belittle or to be inflammatory or hateful. It's because we're speaking truth to power. And we have to start realizing that we're leading this nation now and not him, which then leads us to another interesting juncture. As he raised us up, we should try to raise him up with us. We have dared greatly in this time, and we have been rewarded greatly in this time. Father God has given us something incredible And he's given us a beautiful chance and opportunity to rebuild this nation. We've been working hard and experiencing the threshing floor. And we're literally seeing the dividing of the wheat from the chaff. Father God has been there with us. He's been loving for us, infinitely loving for us. And we have stumbled many times. We have feared We have fallen to anxiety. We've fallen to depression. We've doubted. All these things are by definition sin in walking with Jesus. And yet, (laughs) Father God never left us. He never walked away from us. He just kept loving us. We owe President Trump the same. And in this hour, we we owe it for him greatly because he needs it. And uh, this country needs a, a leader. We can speak in platitudes. We can talk about the things that we're angry about or the disappointments, and they're real. Man, this Vax thing, it is... It's a legacy that is going to haunt this nation, not just a president. It's going to haunt this nation for years to come. And we have to get through it because this evil cabal has no intention of letting off. I don't even know where President Trump honestly sits on it. It's easy to look from the outside and say, and I, and I am very hard on the fact that his, what I believe is his ego got way ahead of his skis on this damn thing. And he wasted a lot of political capital onwards from January 20th and even to this day. He owns that. And it will be held to account. But in this moment in time, he also needs to hear where we're at with that. I know this nation well enough, as I think you do too, that if this man was bold enough to come before us and say, I made a mistake, forgive me, and I will repent with you, and I will repent for what I've done and repent with you for this nation, you know what? I'd be like, okay, let's do it. Let's game on. But how can we expect such a thing when his own spiritual counsel isn't even offering him that avenue? And we're expecting a lot of him for a man that really is pretty new to Jesus And I don't even know how deeply Jesus has settled into his heart, other than the fact that God did give him a blessing 
to raise this nation, awaken us because we failed our job. So in these hours now, we're in a critical turn of tide. And we now have to be that force of change in this nation. We have to risk. We have to take the risk to dare to be great. It's not going to come from a man. It's going to come from us. We, the people. And we, the people, need to be, we, the people, of Jesus and of God, not we the people of our selfish self because we didn't get our way. I've heard so much garbage this week about ridiculous things, things like we need to get good at ballot harvesting because the left is doing it. That's one. Hearing about the like this seething, dripping vengeance that we want to see impose on the left. That's not going to bring us together. That's not going to heal this land that God blessed. And we're going to have to find a way through. Look, if the, and I've met with them so I can speak truth here. Having met with the Navajo Nation and the vice president of the Navajo Nation, for them to say that they have to put aside the blood rifts that they've been a part of, that this government and the people obeying the rules of the government put them through the long marches, the brutal war against Native Americans. If they're going to say that they're willing to put those blood rifts aside to heal this nation, we better be big enough to do the same. Because we haven't suffered near what they've done or what they've been through. This is time for us to really stand up and be that more mature American. We talk about the suffering and the deaths we've been through. Russia's lost 40 million plus people under Stalin. Let that sink in for a minute. 40 million. And Russia has found a way to forgive, to unite, and get strong again. President Trump is not hearing a mass chorus of people in any fashion telling him, Mr. President, we're praying for you, but we need you to pray with us. He's not hearing a mass chorus of people saying, Mr. President, stop promoting the vax, but seek forgiveness on it, and you will she'll be forgiven even by us. We need, as a nation, to start recognizing what was given. Take President Trump aside. We can be honest that the only reason we are here where we are is because Father God has used the power of the, of the people that he's pulled to awaken us. I've said this recently, and I'm not kidding. As I can't stand Biden, but I'm grateful for him. I'm grateful because this hand puppet it's supposed to be a president has done more to draw people to Jesus than even president Trump did. And for that, I'm deeply grateful. So this runs in a walk now of something to reconsider in this place, place we're going. 
and I'm not going to, I'm unapologetic for where I sit. And there's going to be plenty of people out here that are going to want blood and want to fight. They're going to want to rattle the saber of hatred or they're going to call it righteous indignation. That's not going to win this fight. We have a vicious enemy. It sits outside our reach. Some of it's in your communities. Those that are perpetrating the crimes against children, they need to be dealt with and dealt with decisively. And their justice must be brought upon them. But we've had a really good scapegoat for a lot of this. Because our talking and direction towards President Trump without us airing our grievances to him directly is not biblical. It's like churches throwing stones at each other, which drives me out of my mind. Father God seeks to have his children home. He loves greater than we can possibly imagine. And it's our role now to speak truth to the president. Use the mediums to do so. Use social media. Truth social. He's on it all the time. He has lost his way, and I'm not kidding. He needs to start hearing from this other outside of this ridiculous echo chamber that has surrounded him that keeps showering him with the platitudes of things that just aren't the ground truth to what's going on. But don't get stuck there. This is now time for us to rise up as the people we are. We are the people that lead this nation. Keep the door open and extend the hand to President Trump to join us, not we join him. And by joining us, that means embracing Jesus. That means seeking forgiveness and repentance. And that means once again, walking this path where this time we have something to give him, not just him giving something to us. But this nation is going to be reset. It has to be reset. And it's going to be reset either by them, the evil, or us, the people. And so this week gave us the greatest gift of all. The speech was flat. It was not exciting. It was not mobilizing. It was a speech as if we were listening to a bunch of elite butt sniffers being there waiting to hear something great from him. And they were all pleased just because they were in the presence of him, not because of what he was saying. That didn't set well with a lot of us. So that means that this is time now that the true leadership of this nation has to stand. That means we have to be more vocal. It means we have to be more anchored in truth. It means we have to be more solid in our faith, to be unafraid, to be fearless, and to start getting into our communities. We're not going to solve all of this through prayers. It's going to take action. It's going to take preparation. It's going to take us digging in. It's going to take us preparing in a different way because these things are coming. They're not talking about them. And who else is going to share the word of what's coming? There's people that are, have no idea what a CBDC is, that what's happening to the currency, the food increase in prices or food shortages, the deflation of the dollar. They have no clue. And it's not all their fault. They own some of it. 
but we're still dealing with a seditious media and a circle of lies that keep being perpetuated because way too many people want to paint a story that just isn't true. Half the problem around the worship of Trump is that people don't know what to do if he doesn't achieve what they believe he would have to have achieved. That means he's attained a status of a godlike status. That's where the failure is. He's a man. And we owe that to speak to a man who did a lot for us and keep our eyes on Father God the whole time and quit writing the stories that just aren't true. There have been so many people write about the decoding of his speech. For the most part, it's nonsense. Had they spent half the time, instead of wasting it on that, putting in prayer and seeking the relationship in Jesus to the Father, we would be in a different place. So, I respect the man. I have and will. I speak truth here and I get, I have over time and continue to get all sorts of nasties that come at me because I dare speak the truth. Whether it was the criticism of Trump, which I've taken way, way too many hits on that one, and I don't care because I've said all along, I will never worship a man. I will always speak truth. And I will always speak truth, whether it's good or bad, to a president about a president. I have no problem sitting down with him across the table, side by side, face to face, and speaking the truth. It doesn't mean I won't be respectful, and it doesn't mean I won't honor what he's accomplished. And that's us being honest with ourselves and being honest with where we are. And with that, it's pretty good time to start being honest about something else. For all the greatness that we like to puff ourselves up with, which is about how we need to go to war and, and do this, and there's a lot of this nonsense going on. Unless you have a good leader that can organize and keep the balance between forgiveness and justice, you're just going to end up in a civil mayhem that will lead to chaos and civil war. You doubt that? Check out the history of Afghanistan after the Russians left. So we've grown up. And growing up means you got to get the big boy pants on. Growing up means that there's more responsibility for where much is given, much is asked. Growing up means we have to face ourselves. We have to face a nation. We have to take that responsibility that's needed. We have to be truthful for what was given and honoring of it and, and thankful for it. And we have to start focusing on where our next steps are without our own egos getting in the way. If we don't walk a humble path going forward, we will be what they have become. And this nation is being redefined. It could use a good leader that is willing to get in the trenches with this despicable cull of people that lead us now. I don't know who that is, but the only one that's on the docket that we have right now that's gone this far down the road is President Trump. So the sum of it all, pray for him. Speak truth to him. Invite him to join us and learn from us and get back with the people rather than living in the ivory tower 
with the people, those around him that are more interested in self than nation. And if he gets back with the people and he really listens to who we are and walks with us, he'll become a praying, repenting president. And at that point, you'll see the entire earth shake. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time we come together. We thank you for the blessings that you give us in this fellowship. We thank you for the experience we've had in walking and growing together. We pray for those that are constantly consumed in the hatred and violence rather than taking the first steps of forgiveness and justice and love. We know that when there is a season for war, there is a war here and that we are in a season for war. But we equally know that we need a clear heart. We equally know that we need an unburdened heart to see as you wish to see, to give us eyes that you see this world with, to be able to choose the right paths, to discern and to separate that from our emotions, our hatred, our vengeance, our frustrations, our fears. Father, in this time, equally we pray for President Trump. a man that has given a lot that lies as does happen, especially under poor spiritual counsel has and continues to wander an interesting path often far from you. And so we pray for him to start hearing the voice of the people, not the voice of the elites that encircle him to start taking time down on the ground with the people the people that voted for him, the people that listened to him, the people that trusted in him, and to get that spirit back in him and that connection with Christ as he walks. And we pray for him to be a repenting president in Jesus that can lead this nation more in prayer than in bold platitudes of ego. Wherever we walk now as a nation, what we do know, Father, is that we need strong and bold and courageous men and women of God who choose to dare take the risk. And with that, the risk of resetting this nation under you and under the throne. So guide us in this time. Bless us. We say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. These are always difficult times when we are dealing with so much confusion and deception. I believe all that we need is possible as we continue to put our prayers and our actions towards the walk in kingdom. You've heard my feelings on this speech all week. It was literally what I said the other night, a dead cat bounce, more centered on self than centered on nation. But there was some important words there that were spoken, and there are words that we need to remember, that as a nation we still haven't woken up totally.
and that there are dark days ahead. There's going to be a lot of clamoring now about war. I've already listened to two or three different casts of people, podcasts of people talking about the need now to organize. And, and that's true. But the next step is how and what's the next steps. And people are confused on where to go. There shouldn't be any confusion at this point that the most important thing we need to be doing is protecting and strengthening our homes and building community. Fundamentally, those two things never go away. And from there, as you build community, you build alliances, you build strength. And the most important thing of all is to be able to put God first in all things. I've walked with a lot of amazing warriors in my life, and I've heard from a lot of posers. People that like to talk war, talk vengeance, talk violence, talk courageous. Many of them have never walked a step in a day in a real war, but they like to talk it. Almost to the man, everybody that I know that walked a path with me or darker than me never wants to see that path again. And so, almost to the man, they're committed to always finding a better way to mobilize people through civil action, through prayer, and through the realization that as a people together, we can change things massively without having to turn it into a civil war and a chaotic mess. President Trump has plenty of faults. We knew those in 2016, and there's still a lot of responsibility and accountability to be held and to be accounted for in this year, post-2020. But at this moment in time, when I look across the board, and if there's an emoticum of hope that sits there within him or a modicum of hope within God that is able to be activated, there's something that needs to be done for us, or our part is true, which is to pray and to communicate those truths. That doesn't stop what we're doing in mobilizing our communities and strengthening our path. It doesn't relinquish our responsibility to continue to walk with God. And it doesn't become an obsession that's like that's all we do and we forget these other things that have to be done. But they're part of what we do and walk because that's who we are. We're a great nation and have always been a great nation because we understood that there were greater things than just fighting. And there was greater things above all in the relationship that we had with a God that sat above this nation, not one that we cast aside. If there's one fight that we have to fight every day, it's to bring people closer to Jesus. And that's not easy. And that's in the trenches. And that's taking the time to talk, to exchange, and to truly use the powers and the tools of war that the kingdom gives us. Probably the greatest deception ever placed on this nation is that the only way war is fought is with a gun, a musket. That's not true. That is 
the last line of defense and we have done we have not exploited everything in between where we are and that choice we have to use all that's given and we are way over equipped to beat this enemy if we trust in the powers that the kingdom provides and the blessings that we've been given by Jesus himself keep your head up and your eyes forward Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. God is with us. And here we are. So keep your head up, your eyes forward. We are at war. It's a real war, so walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of War, Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless. And out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, Ask what you can do for your country.
an old evil that has waited thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.